Welcome to the Small Business Report. I'm Gordon Deal. We examine things like habits of entrepreneurs, emerging trends, financing, marketing, where to get help, even how to get started on your own. By the way, I love hearing from small business owners and employees. Let's talk about your business. Send me an email at gdeal at compassmedianetworks.com. Today's stories, new data privacy rules in the works for even mom and pop stores, and why small businesses are feeling pessimistic about 2019 and what they're doing in response. Those stories after this. No one compliments you when their paycheck is correct, but make one mistake and you risk alienating your entire workforce. With Kronos, we make sure your payroll is done right the first time, from punch to paycheck. Embedded checklists, simplified workflows, a single source of truth. HR, payroll, talent, and timekeeping in one unified system, all with a proven implementation approach and simplified, transparent pricing. Learn more at Kronos.com payroll. Kronos, workforce innovation that works. In crafting new privacy laws to cover tech giants' vast appetite for user data, lawmakers are finding that they're having to draw up new rules for the old-fashioned brick-and-mortar world, too. Consumer data is now the most valuable asset for nearly all companies, not just digital ones. Most large businesses operate simultaneously in both realms, and tech reporter David McCabe at Axios says the boundaries between data's use online and offline have blurred. David, explain. Uh, Most Americans are aware that there's this conversation happening over data privacy, and that conversation, which is centered on Google and Facebook, has extended to Congress, where lawmakers really want to try and pass a national privacy law within the next couple of years, maybe even within the next year. What we've looked at is what has emerged as sort of a blind spot for lawmakers, at least right now, which is the way data is collected in the offline world. So, so much of this discussion has been about your mobile browser, your mobile apps and your web browser, uh, and not so much about the way data is collected as we move through the world. All right, so like how, for example? So there's a lot of examples that are sort of representative of this phenomenon, one that's gotten a lot of press, right, are these Amazon Go convenience stores. These are Amazon's cashierless stores. They use hundreds of cameras to track you throughout the store, track items throughout the store, so you can leave without interacting with a cashier. This is potentially a game-changing approach to the convenience store we all know and, and rely on. However, it's also obviously a huge source of data collection, at least in the immediate moment when they're trying to track you throughout the store and track items throughout the store. That's an example. And the questions that one might pose is, how do you notify people that they're being tracked? How do you allow them to have consent over how their data is used? Uh, And those are questions that we're very used to handling in an online context, less so in an offline context. Well, it almost seems like... uh the way you have to check, I agree, to use any app to understand all its restrictions and policies. You, you have to click or, I don't know, press a button as you went to a store or something these days. Right. I mean, and, and I think uh, what I hope your listeners will take away from this is how significant this kind of data collection out in the world has become. There's a company called Euclid that tracks people as they move in and out of stores uh, as they connect to the Wi-Fi. So if your smartphone connects to the Wi-Fi, it can identify uh, who you are, because you put your email in to, to enter into the Wi-Fi and then knows you've been to the store, and it can figure out things like, did you buy something uh, while you were there, or should they retarget you with ads to, to try and lure you back in to buy you know, the thing you looked at but didn't, didn't purchase. That's everywhere. We, we mentioned a, a repossession firm that was covered by the Washington Post earlier this year has scanned 28 million license plates in 2017 as they look for cars to repossess. This is happening everywhere, and it's happening across the economy. Boy. We're speaking with David McCabe, tech reporter at Axios. He's got a fascinating story entitled, Your Corner Store Could Be 
Congress's next privacy challenge. Explain what's being said on both sides of this debate. Yeah, I talked to lawmakers here in Washington, D.C., and what they told me is essentially, yes, we know this is an issue we might need to confront as we figure out what kind of data collection we want to regulate and how we want to regulate it, but they don't really know yet how. And one you know, barrier that came up is I talked to Senator Brian Schatz, who is from Hawaii, and he just introduced a privacy bill. He's a Democrat. It's a fairly uh, expansive bill about once you possess data you collect, how do you, how do you protect it? What duties do you have to customers? And this is obviously something that's been discussed heavily in the Facebook context. Uh, in the context of the physical world, he said essentially we're still figuring it out. You know, what counts as online data collection? If you're in a store uh, and you enter your information on a tablet uh, and then it goes up to the cloud, does that count as online data collection? So these are the issues that they're working for, and it points to a broader issue, which is how does any privacy law get future-proofed, right? How do you make sure that it can stand up to the technologies that we haven't even predicted yet? Yeah, man. What do other countries do? Anybody else have something similar that we might be taking lessons from? You know, GDPR in Europe, obviously, is the law there. That's one area they're taking lessons from. In, in Congress, in other areas, in California, there's a privacy bill. But so much of the conversation in all of these cases is focused on uh, the online context. Um, but certainly lawmakers in Europe have grappled with this yeah. question of offline versus online. Uh, and it's important to note, too, that the data flows back and forth. Facebook has a program called Offline Conversions, which can match up Facebook data uh, with the data collected by point-of-sale systems in a retail context. Uh, so again, it's like, did you go to the store? What did you buy? What kind of ad targeting could there be? So the data flows sort of all around the offline and online world and, and kind of forms a, a sort of swirl. Uh, so it's about figuring that out. Thanks, David. David McCabe at Axios. More after this. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Geico could help you get great coverage at a great price, and it only takes 15 minutes to see if you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Go to geico.com today and see how much you could save. An Alabama welding company is delaying purchases of new gas cylinders. A men's clothing store in Louisiana has trimmed fall orders for suits and high-end sportswear. An information technology consulting firm in California is holding back unplanned hiring. After a banner year, Wall Street Journal reporter Ruth Simon says the latest survey finds many small businesses are becoming more cautious about their investment and hiring plans. Ruth, what's the sentiment? The sentiment is that small businesses are getting a little more nervous. Um, they're becoming more cautious. So economic confidence among small firms, which began to decline in late 2018, in January reached its lowest level since President Trump's election. And on top of that, we're seeing for the first time since the election small firms being more pessimistic about their own financial prospects than they were a year earlier, including plans for hiring and investment. Now, there are still some small firms that feel very optimistic, but we are seeing some signs of caution there. All right. The reasons why are what, Ruth? We have a whole bunch of things going on. For some firms, they see a slowdown in sales and orders. Maybe their own customers are becoming cautious. Others are concerned about tariffs, some of the volatility we've seen in financial markets, the after effects of the government shutdown, changes in interest rate policy, and other headwinds. All right. You referenced uh, this Alabama welding supply company, among a couple of others in the story. For example... Uh, who are they? What are they doing? 
So, so this Alabama welding supply company, Atlas Welding Supply in Tuscaloosa, had a very good 2018. Sales were growing at about 30% year over year, but sales flattened out in November and December. The owner of the company said he was getting a lot of inquiries, but people just weren't pulling the trigger as fast as they had been in the months earlier. He also said that some of his customers are taking a little longer to pay their bills. Now, he's eager to grow, but he is being more cautious. So he has high-pressure cylinders that, that, that they use in delivering the gas. He had been buying them regularly on a monthly basis. Now what he's doing is holding off until he gets new orders rather than buying them in anticipation of growing demand. How about that uh, that Rubenstein store in uh, New Orleans? Right, and that's a, that's a men's haberdashery. They sell um, high-end um, sportswear and suits, and he's had a really good year again. Um, but what, what the owner um, said to me, Kenny Rubenstein, was that, that he's sort of on the fence, that half of him is very positive, half of him is very nervous. And so when he looked at his data on what he should order, he purchased 75% of what his internal report suggested, and he figured if he has a strong year that he can fill in towards the end of the year. We're speaking with Ruth Simon, senior special writer at the Wall Street Journal. She's written a piece entitled Small Businesses Are Waving the Caution Flag. They've got a new survey about small business sentiment. Um, some firms, as you say, do remain confident. This uh, Southwest Geotechnical out in Vegas, uh, the consulting firm, what are they up to? Um, they are doing great. They serve residential and commercial builders. Um, they plan to add about a dozen employees this year. Um, the owner of the company, Justin Stratton, said his business was rocking, and when he talks to his customers who are developers, things look very good for them as well. I also talked to some firms that are planning to grow, even though they're a little bit nervous. Um, I talked to a company called Webfoot Painting, which is in Bend, Oregon, and they're planning to expand into a new market into Portland. And they're being a little cautious, but what that means is the owners are being more cautious about their spending. They didn't take quarterly bonuses. They're cutting back on certain discretionary expenses, but they're still eager to grow. I think the big question we have is what next month's data is going to look like, how, the, how small businesses will feel in February. Yeah, I was going to say, what uh, kind of sway or movement in the numbers might be expected on, you know, month to month? It's, you know, these, these numbers do bounce around a little bit, and one of the things we don't know is if small businesses will feel a little better now that, at least for the moment, the shutdown is ended, you know, if there's some resolution on other issues, they may feel better. They also may be more cautious. Small business owners, I think, look very closely at their own orders, their own circumstances, and that's what's going to guide them. Thanks, Ruth. Wall Street Journal reporter Ruth Simon. Reminder, by the way, the Small Business Report is found on our website, which is This Morning with GordonDeal.com. That's also where you can hear our daily news program called This Morning, America's First News. Again, if you'd like to share your small business story, I'd like to hear it. You can email me at gdeal at compassmedianetworks.com. 
thanks for listening to the small business report i'm gordon deal